0: Amen. Good morning. morning. Once again, we want to acknowledge to our Father and our God in heaven that we are grateful for all of his love, mercy, and blessings. I believe that it will be to uh, our profit if we remember that God knows more than we do. And inasmuch as this is so, I am persuaded that there are times when we may be looking at the same thing that God is looking at, but we don't always see the same thing that God sees. I know there are times uh, when blessings come, but they don't appear to be blessings at the outset. But as long as God is on the throne, uh, we know that we rest in the hands of a faithful and merciful God who knows what he is doing. Uh, The psalmist declares in Psalm 147, verse 5, Great is our Lord and of great power. His understanding is infinite. And we ought to be glad that we serve uh, the God who knows more than we do and the God who is capable of more than we are capable of. And for all of God's blessings, we ought to be eternally grateful. We want to direct your attention this morning again to Uh, the letter to the Hebrews, uh, chapter 11. I want to read again there verse number 3. Hebrews 11, verse 3, the writer declares, "...through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear." Based on uh, the words of the Hebrew writer here in Hebrews chapter 11, we want to use this morning as a subject, the power of faith. The power of faith. And as we consider the text that we have before us here in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, let me say at the very outset... Uh, uh, of our consideration of this text, uh, that the power of faith, like the power of prayer, resides in the power of the God that we serve. See, there is power in faith as long as the faith is in God, just like there is power in prayer if God is the one to whom we are praying. But if you take God out of the equation, Uh, then prayer and faith are just concepts uh, which have uh, no real profit uh, to the one investing in them. When we look at Hebrews chapter 11, I believe that most of us are familiar with verses 1 and 6 uh, to the point where if you asked us, we could quote them without having to turn to the passage. But I find the declaration of verse 3 to be incredible. The Hebrew writer says, through faith, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. Now, if I understand what he's saying, he's saying there is something that does not make sense uh, to our sense of rationality, but we understand it when we look at it as a matter of faith. He says, so that things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. Verse 3 declares to us that God did what the human mind says is impossible to be done. See, The human mind says you can't make something out of nothing. But faith says that's exactly what God did. By the power of his word, he brought into being that which exists from that which had not previously existed. By faith, we understand what human intelligence says can't be. Now, when we remember uh, uh, the overall context of the Hebrew letter, uh, this letter was written to Jewish Christians who were having some faith problems. And whenever you're having faith problems, I believe that there will be some outward indicators of what's going on internally. See, when you're having faith problems, you just start doing certain things. Like, I'll stop assembling with the church. When I'm having faith problems, I'll stop praying. When I'm having faith problems, I'll stop giving. There are some outward indicators of what's going on internally. And one of the things that we should love about God is that God never requires us to have blind faith in him. Hebrews 11 is really God's let me prove it to you. You see, we won't always believe God simply because he said so. You remember God told Moses, go down to Egypt and tell Pharaoh, uh, let my people go. Well, Moses needed a little more than just God's say-so. You remember God told Gideon to go overthrow the Midianites. Well, Gideon needed a little more than just God's say-so. And if we are honest, many times we are not good with just God's say-so. Now, I know we like to say we have faith in God and we'll do whatever God says, but I'm glad God is not a God who just said, believe me, as a matter of blind faith. God understands the importance of faith in the lives of his children. And when we look at the Bible record, the Bible tells us concerning faith that faith is, number one, indispensable. In verse 6, which we you know have committed to memory, the writer says, without faith it is impossible to please him. If you are going to walk with God, it must be a faith walk or we will not walk with him at all. Paul declares in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 13, that faith is one of the enduring Christian graces. You you remember the passage there, now abided these three, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. And in contrast to the transient nature of the miraculous gifts of the Spirit, faith is still present in the church today. There was a time when people could speak in tongues. Now, I know we speak in tongues today, and we don't necessarily appreciate it. But did you know that English is a tongue? Did you know that Spanish is a tongue? Uh, The difference was, back in those days, the Holy Spirit would give you the ability to speak the language without having learned it. Uh, You know, the Holy Spirit would just, they'd rattle off perfect English and never studied English a day in their lives. Uh, But that gift of the Spirit is gone now. Uh, They had the ability to prophesy or or to heal. Uh, We don't have the ability to do those things now. But Paul says that faith, hope, and love will exist in the church until the Lord's coming again. And then third, uh, uh, faith is essential. In Ephesians 6, uh, Paul talks about the armor of God. And as he's talking about the armor of God, he said, make sure you don't forget faith. Uh, it, you need all of the other armor as well, but be sure that you have the shield of faith. Uh, all the armor is necessary to war a good warfare, but, but faith allows the Christian to stand in battle and at the same time protects him from the devil's attacks. And, and so when we look at Hebrews chapter 11, uh, and Paul, or the Hebrew writer says, through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. But the concept of faith is deeper than a technical definition. I, I looked the word faith up in the dictionary, and it defined the word uh, uh, thus so. Number one, it said that faith is confidence or trust in a person or thing. Then I have a little trouble with definition number two, It says, believe that is not based on proof. You know, God never asked us to believe something that he hadn't already proven. You know, God says believe in me, but he's already proven his existence. Did did you know God proved a whole lot in Genesis 1-1 that we just kind of gloss right by? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then God said, believe in me because I created you. The creation is a testament to the creator. Don't just believe because I said so. Now, that ought to be good enough. And after you've matured in the faith, that's where you are. But God said, let me give you something to work with to help you get to where you need to be. But then verse, uh, uh, the third definition says, Believe in God or in the doctrines or teachings of religion. And then the fourth definition that it offered was belief in anything as a code of ethics or standards of merit. I'm just glad we're not left to Merriam and Webster to understand what faith is. I'm glad the Hebrew writer has something to say about what faith is. There in Hebrews 11 verse 1, he says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now, now, if we are paying attention, God gives us real-life examples of what he's talking about. If you had the privilege to talk to our brother Ian, you saw faith in action. You saw a man who not only was afraid, uh, 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 wasn't afraid of death, but, but a man who actually looked forward to it because he had faith in God's promises. A man who understood that there's actually something better waiting for me as I make this transition than than wanting to hold on to the temporal things of this life. Paul, I keep saying Paul, y'all work with me. The Hebrew writer declares that faith is the substance. And we have two things under consideration here. One is substance and the other is hope. Now, substance is a compound word consisting of the prefix sub, which means under, Uh, you know, like submarine, it goes under the water, Uh, you you know the prefix, and the word word stance, which has reference to the foundation or the thing on which something stands. Now, substance is tangible. It's material. By contrast, the Hebrew writer also mentions hope, and hope is that which we believe in and long for, now, hope is intangible or, or immaterial. Now, now, let me look at this from uh, Romans chapter 8, uh, uh, verse 24. Now, I know Paul said Romans eight twenty-four. He says, for we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for it? So what Paul is saying is the reason we hope for it is because we don't have it yet. But once you have it, you're not hoping for it. Now it's tangible. It's material. You've got it. So he says we are saved by hope. There are some things that God has promised us that we haven't received yet, but that's what helps us keep going. Do you know one of the reasons we get up and, and go about our daily routine are because of the hope of heaven? I mean, if you get up and just go about your routine for the sake of going about your routine, your routine has become very routine. Uh, To the point where you get up some morning and talk about, I'm sick and tired of this routine. See, but if there is a heavenly hope, then then there's something better than your routine. I I haven't made the transition to the next life yet, but I keep moving because I have the hope of heaven and and that it's better than what I have right now. And, And so when we put all of that together... Uh, The Hebrew writer is saying, faith is the thing that makes intangible tangible, and the immaterial, material. Heaven is our hope, and Jesus is our substance. Now, now we've never been to heaven. We we haven't seen heaven, and, and to some, heaven is just a fairy tale. But you see, Jesus of Nazareth is our substance. I remember Jesus, John 14 and verse uh, uh, 1 and 2, he said, Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then he said, In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. Now, Jesus is my substance. He's the thing that stands under my hope and bears it up and makes my hope a reality. So when he says faith is the substance of things hopeful, that there's something that you haven't received yet, but God is standing up under what you haven't received and makes it real even though you haven't already got it. You know, deliverance is my hope when I go into trouble. God is my substance. Now, he hadn't delivered me yet while I'm in the trouble. But because God is my substance, it's as good as if I've been delivered, even though I'm still dealing with the trouble. How do you think Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered Nebuchadnezzar like they did? Because God was their substance. See, now, if they didn't have God as their substance, that fire would have been a very real threat. See, but they had faith in God, and not in the outcome necessarily, but faith in God. You remember what they told Nebuchadnezzar? Our God is able. That's a faith statement. See, see, God can work this thing out. We have no doubt about that. Now, we don't know how he's going to work it out, but we believe that God is faithful. And because God is faithful, our deliverance is material to us, even though we're still standing here with you threatening us. Now, the Hebrew writer said, as we go through life day by day, we need to have some faith because faith is the thing that's going to help me get through to my hope even though I haven't received it yet. And so I want us to observe this morning three things then that we can do through the power of faith. And I submit to you that apart from faith, we would never be able to do these three things. Look with me, if you will, there in Hebrews 11 at verse number 7. The writer says, "By faith, Noah," and that's key. By faith, Noah. Now he's operating under the premise that we understand he's talking about faith in God, it, not just Noah was optimistic, and not that Noah just hoped for the uh, of the best. But by faith, Noah. Now, now here's where Romans 10:17 is critical. You remember it says, "Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God." See, Noah had a word from God that was his substance that made his hope real even though he hadn't received it yet. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of things not seen as yet. See, I told you. He hadn't seen it yet. It hadn't happened yet. And not only had it not happened yet, it had never happened before. But he was warned by God. Moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house by the which he condemned the world and became the heir of the righteousness which is by faith. I submit to you, number one, this morning, that faith allows me to see what I can't see. Do you know there are some things that you can't see, but you can see them anyway? Now, Now, when you tell somebody God stood up in the nothingness of eternity and said, let there be light, now, my brain can't see that. And it's not necessarily because I'm lacking in intelligence. Uh, you know, I took an intelligence test, and I was kind of okay with the result. But, but it's not because I'm lacking in intelligence. There are just some things that your mind can't see. But my faith can see them. Now, now my mind says, how do you start with nothing and get something from nothing? And in fact, my mind says, even when you talk about eternity, uh, how have you just always been? See, my mind locks up on those things, but my faith says, but, but that's what God did. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Noah had never seen a flood. And I imagine in his day, that must have sounded like an incredible story. The, the sky is just going to open up and, and water is going to come pouring down. So much so until everybody here is going to be covered by water. Can you imagine the reaction of of, of Noah's world uh, uh, to that kind of news? And, and then the Bible says it, it took him 120 years to build the ark. Imagine folk come by year 30, and, and folk look at that monstrosity that he's building. And, you know, they go old crazy Noah over there still sawing and pounding and building. And, and then year 50, you know, here comes somebody else coming by. And, oh, that's just old crazy Noah. Don't pay him no mind. Yeah, he gonna, if you entertain him, he'll come talking to you uh, about this fantastic story uh, about how he's got to gather uh, uh, the, uh, you know, the animals into the boat because the sky is just going to open up and water is going to come pouring down. And can you imagine that year 100? Well, now that really sounds like, I imagine folks stop by sometime just to tease Noah. And Noah was still waiting on that rain. When is it going to happen? But there was a day. When God gathered Noah and his family into the ark and shut the door. And can you imagine the reaction of the people when they started feeling the first drops of rain? Oh, crazy Noah do not seem so crazy anymore. And I imagine some folk probably even made their way down to the ark. No, we were just kidding. Let us in. But by faith, Noah prepared an ark. By faith, he saw the, destruction, uh, saw the destruction to come on the world of his day. And, and there are many people in our world today that can only see things by sight. But you see, the problem with that is that when I can only see with sight, I have physical sight, with what my mind can reason, you just miss a lot of things. There's a lot of things about God that you can't see with the eyes in your face. There's a lot of things about God that you can't see with what your brain can comprehend. But there are some things about God that I need to see as a matter of faith. You just miss stuff when when you walk by sight. You remember back in 2 Kings chapter 6? Remember the Syrian army had surrounded Elijah and his servant? And all he could see was that army out there. And remember what Elijah prayed? He said, Lord, open his eyes. That he might see. Yeah, he sees with the eyes in his face. But open his faith, Lord. And help him to see with something better than just what his mind can comprehend. You know, sometimes we need to pray that for ourselves. Lord, open my eyes. Not, not the ones in my face. I, you know, I can go down to Accurate Optical and get some glasses to help that. But that's not my most important vision. Or open the eyes of my heart, Lord. Help me to see by faith the possibilities uh, that are mine when I serve you faithfully. Faith allows me to see what I can't see. I got caught up and forgot to click there. Uh, You've seen the picture of of what they thought the ark looked like before. Second this morning, faith enables me to do what I can't do. Uh, If you look with me there in Hebrews 11 at verses 11 and 12, Uh, The Bible says, uh, let me click this time. "Through uh, Through faith also Sarah herself received strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore sprang there even one and him as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky in multitude and as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. Sarah had a child as a matter of faith when she was past age. And let me tell you, when you're past age, you don't just need faith to conceive because you're past age. You need faith because you're past age. I, I, I submit to you that God made us with a window of time to raise children. And when that window passes... I mean, man, you know, 28 years ago, 27 years ago, 20 years ago, when, when Sister Cook and I had children, man, one of the most joyous things in my life. If Sister Cook told me she was pregnant now, boy, you'd see a brother boohoo like you ain't seen a brother boohoo before. My my window of time has closed for raising children. I, I love grandkids, love to play with them, but look at it. After a while, y'all got to go home. The brother just don't have the energy and the vitality he used to have. Look, if you want to have a child past age, you need some faith not just to have the child. You need some faith because you have a child. Lord, if I'm going to raise this boy at this age, yeah, I'm going to sure enough need some help from the Lord. But when you look at it from the context of which the Hebrew writer says it, Abraham and Sarah were the most improbable candidates to have a child. Sarah had never born children, and now she was past age. The Bible says about Abraham, his body was as good as dead. <laughs> Again, brothers, I, look, you could talk about me, but now when you start saying stuff like that. <laughs> and Brother Holt would say, we're going to go outside and talk, but ain't going to be too much conversation. <laughs> improbable to have a child but appreciate what the Hebrew writer is telling us there are things in life that we will face that we can't handle by ourselves questions for which we will have no answers, problems for which we will have no solutions troubles for which we have no resolution self says I can't but faith stands up and says I can and not just I can, but, but Philippians 4.13, I can. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. See, it, it, it's not so much just the fact that I have faith, it's the God that I have faith in. It's when I let God work through me that I can do what I can't do. And then third this morning, faith empowers me to be what I can't be. if we had time we'd read verses 32 through 40 uh, uh, there in Hebrews chapter 11 but I believe to a person every child of God can testify that I am who I am and what I am not because of me but because Christ lives in me see we have joy not because everything is alright but because of faith We have power not because we are strong, but because of faith. We have peace not because everything is calm, but because of faith. And is there any greater testament to the necessity and power of faith than the clear declaration of the Holy Spirit in verse 6? He says, without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Christianity simply does not work without faith in God. It's not some uh, you know system of magical incantations. You remember the sons of Sceva? Uh, They tried to exercise the evil spirit out of a man. And they said, we command you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. Well, we don't have any first-hand knowledge of Jesus. But we've heard Paul talking about him, and we've seen what Paul does by the power of Jesus. And, 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 and their minds, I guess, they thought it was just, you know, it worked for Paul, it'll work for us. See, but it worked for Paul because Paul had faith in God. It works for us when we have faith in God. When we have no faith in God, don't expect the power of God to work in us. It's activated by faith. If you read Hebrews chapter 11, the one thing that you read consistently about all of those individuals is it says, by faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. God spoke to them. They believed God, they trusted God, and they obeyed God. And as a matter of grace, because they believed, trusted, and obeyed, God worked in them, through them, and for them. Don't you know that's what the Hebrew writer is trying to get us to see? If you want God to work in you, through you, and for you, then you got to believe him, trust him, and obey him. Not just call on him in desperation in a time of crisis and, oh, because he's a merciful, gracious God, he'll do what I want. Christianity is a way of life. It's not something we do to bail us out of trouble. And when we walk with God, God walks with us enables us to be what we could never be without him. You know, the gospel is, it, it is good news. It's good news that God wants to deal with us. It's good news that God is willing to redeem us. Because there's nothing about us that makes God more God than he already is. Everything God is with us, he would still be without us. But because he is who he is, he sent his son in the flesh to become the sacrifice for our sins that we might be redeemed through him if we are willing to walk with him through faith. And let me tell you, when you don't have faith, you read the Bible and you just shake your head. And when you have faith, you read the Bible and you shake your head. But there's two different head shakes all together. I once heard somebody say, to those that don't believe, no explanation is possible. And to those that believe, no explanation is necessary. I believe in God. He's shown himself Faithful. From start to finish, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And then look what he did, gave us everything we need for life to be a pleasure. We messed it up, but because God is who he is, he wants to redeem us in the person of Christ Jesus. He requires that we hear the good news that Jesus is the Christ, the Savior, that we believe in him. Hebrews 11.6, without faith it's impossible to please him. That we be willing to repent of sin, make the confession of faith in Christ Jesus, and be baptized in water for the remission of sins, just like they did in Acts chapter 2, specifically verse 38. And when we obey the call of God by submitting to water baptism, God washes away our sins, indwells us with his spirit, and adds us to the church. And still requires when we come up out of the waters of baptism that we walk with him as a matter of faith. Perhaps you're here this morning, you want to respond to the invitation or you want the church to pray for you. And if either of these are the case, then we bid you to come as we stand and as we sing the song of invitation.